Hey, Brian. Hey, Brian. You want to do me and the boys a favor and take us on a little trip to a magical land called uh, California? And welcome back to the Sail On Podcast. This is Wyatt in Nashville, Tennessee, your good friend and host as always. And I'm happy to have you here with me wherever you happen to be tuning in from. Today, we have a great show. I'm going to be reviewing the Wild Honey album with our special guest, Kurt Baker, later in the show. And that's going to be a lot of fun. I do have some lovely emails from near and far to get into today. So let's start off with one from Jackson. Hey guys, my name is Jackson. I'm 15 years old and I've just started listening to your podcast. I had, since seeing the light and becoming a Beach Boy fan, been looking for a real good in-depth podcast that satisfied my hunger for Beach Boy nerd facts. Nothing went into enough detail and description for me until I found Sail On. Thank you all for making this podcast you really know your stuff and help guys like me who gobble up as much information as they can find. Before last summer, I had always thought the Beach Boys a really annoying and old band, having only been exposed to 409 or 10 Little Indians and found Mike's nasal voice comically horrible. How could people like this stuff? How did people like this stuff? When I was really little, my dad would play Surf and Safari and Little Deuce Coop in the car, singing at the top of his voice, which was equally as bad as Mike's. <laughs> well, I covered my ears and rolled my eyes. Then one day I was flipping through Spotify and landed on Made in California. I remembered all the old songs that my dad used to sing, and then I would listen to them again, either out of nostalgia, probably not because it was awful for me, or out of curiosity to see if they were really as bad as I remembered. I saw a title I didn't recognize called All This Is That, and I was really intrigued by the sound. This couldn't be the same group my dad used to play. I listened to it again. Man, this is really cool. I found Wouldn't It Be Nice to Live Again, Till I Die, Little Bird, and Forever, and just fell in love. That was awesome. Even though I found the new sound cool, I didn't appreciate the creativity behind the songs, and had no idea who Brian Wilson was or what he had been through. I didn't even know what Pet Sounds was. Determined to learn more about the band, I grabbed a copy of Mike Love's autobiography and started turning pages. Every time Mike mentioned a song, I would listen to it. I had a fondness for Brian's sweet melodies, such as Don't Worry Baby and In My Room, as well as Warmth of the Sun. 
the car and surfing songs I wasn't as into. I have since grown to love them. But when the mood struck me, I could always jam to catch a wave. I get around and be true to your school. The more about the Beach Boys I read, the more interested I became. And the more my fascination with all their music grew, especially Brian's story. The opening of Good Vibrations, just hearing that first I would always give me chills. The first time I heard I'm So Young, I felt completely overwhelmed. I let the music fill my head, and the strongest emotion I've ever felt completely overtook me. Every note squeezed me a little harder. I had never felt that way before, and I probably will never feel that way again. And I think that is exactly what Brian wants us all to feel when we listen to his music. It's the only song I've ever cried over, and it was purely over the harmonies and music. I was in awe. It was then that I knew that this was the best band ever. I had seen the light. I dug into detail of everything I could find on Brian Wilson, saw Love and Mercy, listened through Pet Sounds in one sitting, and crazily went through almost their whole discography. I'm still working on that, so thank you for letting this young Beach Boys fan have a group of people that he can go to and nerd out for a bit. Even if you guys do overrate some songs, I mean, come on, when you get to the 8 and 9 range, you're entering Surf's Up in Heroes and Villains territory, not the little girl I once knew. Ah, well, my favorite Beach Boys song is a three-way tie between She Knows Me Too Well, Don't Talk, Put Your Head on My Shoulder, and Surf's Up. My favorite album is Pet Sounds, of course. Keep sailing, Jackson. P.S. How do you feel Love and Mercy captured and represented the story of Brian Wilson? Wow, Jackson, thank you so much, man. Um, side note, I, uh, I had to pull this email because... Uh, I got to meet Jackson at the recent Beach Boys show here in Nashville at the Ryman Auditorium. He was uh, he was there with his dad, and uh, it was nice to catch you there and say hello. Also, a shout out to uh, to Ryan who uh, said hi afterwards. But yeah, um, on that note, you can check out uh, my review of the Beach Boys concert over on our Patreon page if you want to hear that. I try to be as honest as possible because it's a touchy subject, so proceed with caution. Thanks to Nia D'Amelio for joining me as well for that episode. There's a ton of other stuff on the Patreon page, so you guys feel free to check it out. It's the one and only way to support this show since I am very against having ads on the main feed. So thanks to everyone for supporting. Thanks to the newest patrons, Cody Ratley, Hendrix, Derek Glavich, Sebastian, and David Hancock. We love you! To get back to your email, Jackson, um, thank you so much for listening and writing, and uh, your story was awesome. And, and to be your age and discovering the Beach Boys, man, I was there with you. I was, it was a great time for me as well, and I think we are uh, kindred spirits in that way. Um, how do I feel about love and mercy? I love it, man. I've really... Um, been pretty open about how much I enjoy that movie. I saw it five times in the theater. I can't watch it without tearing up. I thought it was really well done. I just actually bought the soundtrack finally on vinyl because I was uh, just going through and listening to some of those those mixes on there and uh, the reimaginings and stuff for the soundtrack, and they're so good. I just love it. We use one of them in our um, live shows for sale on. But yeah, such a cool soundtrack, really well done, and uh, really well produced and directed. Uh, such, a, such a fun movie for any Beach Boys fan, in my opinion. Next up, we have an email from Mark. Hey guys, just thought I'd drop a few lines in praise of your podcast. 
I recently discovered it and have been addicted to listening and trying to catch up as fast as I can. Just finished the Today episodes, and it's been a really enjoyable and enlightening experience. I love how you guys not only go through the music of each album, but also detail and discuss the life events and times surrounding the recordings. This really gives great context and makes the podcast one of the best resources for Peach Boys history I've ever encountered. Amazing work, and thanks for your time and effort. My personal journey to being a Beach Boys fan started by hearing and enjoying their classic hits in various films and adverts, etc. One of the first albums I ever bought was 20 Golden Greats on cassette, based on liking the hits I had heard. Along with the hits I knew, there were tracks like God Only Knows and Don't Worry Baby, which just floored me with how beautiful they were. I especially remember walking to school, and when the boys and girls part of Heroes and Villains came on, I basically had to stop walking as it seemed my brain couldn't process acknowledging how awesome it sounded and allow me to move at the same time. So I had now a new favorite band, and from the credits, a burning pre-internet for me. Question, who is this B. Wilson guy? So I got a CD player, and the first CDs I got were Pet Sounds and the Smiley Smile Wild Honey Twofer. As I bought more, David Leaf liner notes were really informative and made me want to learn more about the group. The next big breakthrough came with finding a copy of Andrew Doe and John Tobler's Complete Guide book. This became my Bible as I learned all about the albums I didn't have. Then I started to try and acquire all the music in that book. No 70s stuff was in print then, so I would go to record fairs and market stalls and get what I could find. An EP of Mona, Rock and Roll Music, Sail on Sailor, and Marcella blew my mind. Bargain finds of old CD issues such as Sunflower and Holland came next and Sunflower just cemented the group as my favorite ever. How is this music not readily available now, I thought. More finds include the Love You cassette, LA on picture disc. These kinds of discoveries and finds built the collection up. I found a CD box set of the single album releases of Sunflower, Surf's Up, and Holland, and I had to buy it for Surf's Up and have the duplicate CDs away to friends. Still no Carl and the Passions until I found the vinyl twofer of it with Pet Sounds. All the vinyl I would record a tape on my brother's music system so I could listen to it as long as I didn't have a record player. With my first pay from my first job, I got the Good Vibrations 30th Anniversary box. The smile snippets were amazing, and hearing more 70s and 80s stuff was great too. Finally, the 70s and 80s stuff got two for releases, and phew, the mission was over for now. Later the quest became trying to acquire the Wilson Paley stuff, and etc. Fast forward to seeing Brian live at Royal Festival Hall during the first Pet Sounds and later being the Smile premiere. Amazing stuff. I thought I would never see something like that. Brian's love was amazing enough, but Smile finished and performed live? My goodness. Seeing the band back together at the 50th tour was super special too. Apologies for the long story, but I've loved hearing listeners' tales of discovery on the podcast, so I thought I'd share mine. Keep up the amazing work, and again, thanks for the show. Sail on, Mark from Manchester, UK. Mark, thank you so much, man. That's such a sweet email. I love hearing these stories, and I, I think a lot of our listeners do too, from the, from the sounds of it. A lot of cool similarities with you and I too. I loved that Good Vibrations box, as, as you know. That was a huge moment for me when I got that and just dove in, and all the 70s stuff that I'd never heard was just unreal some of it was just too strange for me at the time but um it was such a cool enlightening moment for a young beach boys fan thank you again lastly we have an email from aaron (laughs) 
Hello, greetings from Belfast, Northern Ireland on this slightly sunny St. Patrick's Day. My name is Aaron and I'm 45 years old. Unfortunately, I'm in work right now. I'm compensating for this by re-listening to your fine podcast, especially the album episodes. I'm compiling my Ultimate Beach Boys playlist while supposedly working. I'm on all summer long as I type. My Beach Boys history started in the 1980s at a charity fair at Belfast High School. My father bought me the Beach Boys greatest hits on vinyl. I studied the music, the cover shots, and even the old Capitol Records sleeve. The band has been a constant in my life ever since. Growing up, I've been into heavy metal, punk, dance music, as well as classics such as the Beatles and Stones. All along though, in between listening to Wu-Tang and DJ Shadow with my friends, the boys were always present. I discovered Pet Sounds around 1996 or 7, and if I'm honest, it took me a while to click. Once it did, I bought the Sessions box and immersed myself in it. I tracked down Wild Honey 2020, Friends, and the head scratcher that was the Smiley Smile album. Then I began reading about these albums that were out of print. Sunflower, Holland, Surf's Up. What were these mysterious artifacts? Somebody up there must have been reading my mind, as in 2000 they miraculously appeared. Best of all, they lived up to my expectations. I adore those albums, along with Carl and the Passions and In Concert. Anyway, I'm ranting. The point being, the Beach Boys have always been close to my heart. I've always felt like they are my thing. None of my friends seem to share that enthusiasm. That's fine. They are allowed to be wrong. Sometimes, especially in the last couple years, the podcasts I listen to are largely political, and it can be grim listening sometimes. The Beach Boys' beautiful, often complex, joyful, and occasionally sad music reminds me of the wonderful aspects of life. I don't merely mean sun and fun, but well, you guys get it. Anyway, just thought I'd say hi. I've been meaning to for some time. Looking forward to your next episode. Sail on, Aaron Wan. P.S. I bought MIU and love you on your recommendation. You weren't wrong. Hey, Aaron. Thank you, man. I really appreciate the kind words. Uh, I totally get it when you're talking about the last couple years and everything going on in the world politically and, and, and otherwise. The Beach Boys are such a great shoulder to lean on in those times. I know all you listeners can understand that. And um, yeah, man, it's been a, it's been a tough time, but we're, we're all so lucky and fortunate to have the music of the Beach Boys because it's so spiritual and it cuts to the core of, of what it means to be a human, in my opinion. Thank you very much for writing. I, I love hearing from all these different places and people. Uh, we get a lot of emails from, from the UK and also from Australia. It's, uh, it's really exciting. And people of all ages, it's so much fun to hear from you guys. So thank you very much for listening. I know the podcast hasn't been showing up as often. I apologize. Life gets in the way. I do appreciate you guys for sticking with me. We do have a lot planned I'm going to try and stay on a monthly schedule from now. So first of the month, trying to get back on track. We'll see how that goes. I am a busy, busy guy, but um, I'm so thankful for this place and for you guys and sharing this experience with me. It's nice to know that there's people out there listening and I'm not just screaming into the void although I do that as well from time to time. Okay. <laughs> Thanks again.
right. Long overdue guest for the show today. My friend, and hopefully soon after you hear this, your friend too, Kurt Baker. Hey, everyone. It's a pleasure to be on this this podcast. I've been listening since the very beginning and uh, called in a couple times. Uh, <laughs> sometimes yep. it's gone pretty well. Sometimes it's been a complete disaster. I think last time was a bit of a disaster, but I was really excited about where the podcast has come uh, to this wonderful album of uh, Wild Honey. So I was all excited about it. I was too excited, and I just was in the void. So I'm out of the void now, and I'm ready to actually yeah. talk about about this. Yeah, if you guys listened to the last episode, you probably heard Kurt uh, <laughs> in a voicemail. Um, were you in France when you sent that in? No, I I had just been, I was hanging out at my buddy Big Slam's farm. He had a farm oh, called right, Grizzly right, right. Farms. and uh, and Up in Maine. Up in for Maine, For everybody yep. that doesn't know, Kurt is in Portland, Maine, but That's he's right. been living in Europe for eight years. He's I've back been in, in Maine. Europe for, yep. for eight years. Now I'm back. And yeah, I was, I spent the whole day at his farm and I, I actually had listened to the podcast while I was uh, up there and mm. I came back and I was all just ready to, just to chat. Yeah. But I well, didn't, really, <laughs> didn't really work. I figured I'd go ahead and get you on. I knew I, I wanted to have you on the show, but I was trying to wait until we did the love you episode right? <clears throat> or review or whatnot, because uh, we'll get into that later. But I felt like, you know, maybe I should just go ahead and get you on here because it's going to be a minute. And you called in and I, and I realized like, yeah, I mean, should probably just go ahead and get Kurt on the show now that you've. You've had a proper introduction. <laughs> yeah. Now that everyone knows. So why don't you let everybody know like how you got into the Beach Boys and like a little bit about yourself maybe and how that all ties into sure. to today. Well, I mean, I always was a big fan of the Beatles. So when I was when I was younger, I first heard the Beatles when I was five years old. I remember this moment and I don't have uh, my memory's horrible and I and I know why it knows this, but uh <laughs> for various reasons. But um, I remember this moment when I was five years old. I was in the back of my uncle's van. We were driving around Wisconsin. And uh, he put in this tape. And as soon as I heard the music, and I know before I was before that I had heard music before, but I was never really able to, to place a song with a band that was that was like a rock and roll song. And so I heard the opening instrumentation of the word by the Beatles. And from that moment, I heard that and just something changed in me. And I just, it was like, I had to play this music. I had to live in this music. I had to, you know, just live and breathe this this stuff, the Beatles, right? And uh, from there on out, I knew that I wanted to be a musician. And I knew that I just absolutely loved the Beatles. So at a young age, I was able to get into all that, that, that stuff, you know, uh, thanks to oldies radio that was still, you know, this is, so this is the early nineties, early mid nineties and the oldies radio stations were still playing, you know, I don't know what they play anymore. It's not, it's not like sixties stuff. Really? I, I can't no, it's imagine like incubus and third eye blind. Yes. <laughs> that's what the, that's what oldies radio is now. How bizarre. Yeah. How bizarre. Yeah. 
which is not a bad song, but not a golden oldie. And so I start listening to oldies 100.9, which was um, the local oldies radio station in Portland, Maine. And through that, I just discovered a wealth of just great artists. And I heard the Beach Boys. Now, when I heard the Beach Boys... It kind of clicked with me because I had I knew around that time when I was young that I had heard Kokomo somehow, and I think you guys had been talking about this. One, you had another guest did they did something with the Muppets with that one, right? Kokomo, yes, yeah. Off the Florida Keys, there's a place called Kokomo. That's where you wanna go to get a. That I think that was actually my r- original introduction mm-hmm. to the Beach Boys, but but musically, uh, I started really getting into the Beach Boys just from listening to Oldies One Hundred Point Nine all the time. And I think what really hit me was that high falsetto um, voice of Brian Wilson, and specifically at the very end of Fun Fun Fun, and that was mm-hmm. my favorite moment of the Beach Boys music when I was a kid growing up. And I remember like being able to, because I was younger, I was able to really hit those high notes whenever I wanted to, so I could sing along with it and do it. And I just thought that was such a great musical hook. And it was just at the very end of the song. And because it was at the very end, you wanted to hear it again as soon as, as soon as it was over. Listening on the radio, you couldn't do that, but you would just wait around for that. But just like the Beatles, uh, I had very supportive parents. They would, they would buy Beatles records for me. And then I was like, hey, I, I kind of want to get into the Beach Boys too. So I uh, I remember the first thing that they got me was, uh, it was like a, a Beach Boys Greatest Hits tape. I can't remember the exact one, but it basically fell off after Pet Sounds. So it was one of those like early uh, Greatest Hits albums. Uh, but it had all the classic surfing hits and everything like that. And so the Beach Boys were always just, you know, a big band for me, but it was it was like early beach surf songs. That was what it what I knew about. Um I mm-hmm. never really dug into them anymore. Um because I do remember a few years after that renting a CD copy of Pet Sounds and renting it from the library? Yeah, the Portland Public Library. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's I rented cool. it. They had it actually, and that would—that's going to come back in my story too about the the library, the Portland yeah. Public Library, and the Beach Boys, man. Um, so I remember renting Pet Sounds, and being kind of weirded out by it because it wasn't the Beach Boys that I I knew apart from the singles, and it was kind—it was weird. It it kind of left almost like a weird taste in my mouth and i was like you know what maybe i don't really want to get into more of that stuff because at the time i was just not i was too young to really understand what pet sounds was all about and so that's kind of where i left off with with the beach boys but around that same time too i had a uh i had a there was a record store right up the street from where i was growing up and that's how i got a lot of these old um, LPs and now I still have all the original copies because I just got them back then. Uh, my my dad would get them for me and they were 
uh, there's still some prices on them and they're, they were not expensive in the nineties on vinyl. So that was really cool. Right. Um, but I just remember being super confused because when I was when I was young, getting into the Beach Boys, I had I had rented a, a copy of, of Pet Sounds on CD, um, and I was having such a hard time figuring out like chronologically like what the hell was going on with the band after after 1966 because I had this copy of Wild Honey and I really really liked it, and I couldn't understand like what was like what was going on because I. Couldn't really get into pet sounds, but something about Wild Honey had this. It was just more accessible for just a younger kid, I think, just because the music wasn't as complicated. It wasn't as like somber, you know. I don't know. Um, and uh, so, I mean, we'll get into that with Wild Honey, but like Wild Honey was actually one of the my my favorite Beach Boys albums um, that I can remember as a kid because when I I had the LP and I just I. I listened to it all the time and it was like a complete album and it wasn't, it wasn't like just singles or greatest hits and stuff. I just had that record randomly. It was one of the first Beach Boys records I had. So it's always been a a special one to me, but uh, so years go, years go by and I start playing in music and that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm still um, writing songs, uh, writing songs with, with you actually. Uh, We've had a pretty good time writing some songs and playing in, uh, bands and touring together and so we're doing that still um and i think the beach boys have always been a big influence for all of us especially in in writing but uh when i when i one of my first bands uh was called the leftovers and uh we really were very much influenced by the beatles and the beach boys and the structures of the songs that they were doing a lot definitely like the earlier 60s style songs um and so they played a huge influence in 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 that, uh, and I think we also were able to really see the the influence, the bridge of influence from you know the Beatles, the Beach Boys, to the Ramones, and we love the Ramones, and they were definitely influenced by the Beach Boys as well, right? So, um, so yeah, uh, through through that, uh, I you know we 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 always would listen to the Beach Boys in the van, um, and. The other guys in the band, they liked the early surfing stuff and all that. But uh, I had also had started working at the Portland Public Library during the time I was in the band. And I started renting, again, those Capitol CD reissues with the two albums on them. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me go down the rabbit hole, man. As soon as I started getting those, I was just like, this is ridiculous. And through that, I found... You know, Sunflower, and then I found Love You, and it just kind of, once I kind of got into those records and just looked at the whole career and discography of the Beach Boys, it just was fascinating. And and I started, you know, getting on to these, like, um, blogs and stuff online and downloading alternative mixes of Smile and just kind of going crazy about it, you know? Even got a Beach Boys tattoo in Nashville once. So, you know, once that happened, I was like, I'm all in. I'm all in. And uh, one of the things that I love about this podcast is that how how in-depth it gets. You know, I've read a ton of books about the Beach Boys, but, you know, this is really the, this is the podcast. This is like the source of information if you're um, really into the Beach Boys. So I've, I've loved just listening 
to the podcast over the years, and it's also made me go back and listen to, to Beach Boys albums that I haven't haven't heard in a really long time. Um, but uh, but yeah, they're just they're one of my favorite bands, and I just like they there's always something new to discover in their music, which is which is great, even after all these years, you know. So, yeah. Um, but that's kind of it in a nutshell, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we go back a long way. I remember you um, writing me, like, probably, I don't know, 15, 16 plus years ago now, mm-hmm. um, you know, talking about uh, music, and, and we shared a lot of the same interests. And um, I remember one of the things that you sent me fairly early on was, like, your demo that you did of Al Betty's Nice. <laughs> Which is so yeah. good. <laughs> I don't even have it. I don't even have a copy of I have it anymore. It, so I don't I'm know where it is. Play it right here. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was actually when, done with the Yamaha. When did you do that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. When was that? Like 2005 or something. Yeah, like that? 2005 or 2006. I think. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. also been very behind with the with technology in general so like if i didn't know about like what you can do in 2022 i'd probably still be using that yamaha for, for <clears throat> making demos if as long as they don't overheat that's the problem those yamahas they the the old yamahas that you get at at at, at best buy for a hundred bucks they have an overheating problem <laughs> So, well, I don't think I don't think anything's gonna overheat where you are right now. No, in your no. in your basement, it's probably pretty cold down there. Yeah, it's the it's the best um, it's the best place, the perfect environment for these. I was just people. I was just up in Maine working on uh, new songs with Kurt for his next album, and it is cold right now, man. It yeah, was a, fifteen degrees on average up yes. there. Well, and the, um, yeah, it's like like going to be 70s here i just got back to nashville it's going to be the in mo- the 70s here all week so it's like kind of a cool. crazy culture shock but as soon as i got back i could feel like my allergies starting to act up so um, there is ups and downs you know ups and downs so there are ups and downs of of living in maine and and living in in anywhere in the world really but yeah. uh <laughs> you I do saw not, I, I do not miss the allergies though i tell you that it's kind of um, nice not having to worry about it but you can hear I'm kind of hoarse today because I've been sniffling. But yeah. um yeah. I was just going to say woo, woo, yeah. woo. Uh so so the we saw uh we were in the middle of a of a snow squall uh which was actually I had never seen anything ridiculous. like that before. Yeah. The snow squall 
and yeah, that uh, was crazy. No visibility, no visibility at all. It just and it's we were just snow like blind. ten minutes. Snow blind. Yeah. We were snow blown. Uh, it's yeah, it's cold here. It's really cold. There's a lot of snow. Um, there's a lot of ice. It's not. There's no. There's no palm trees. There's uh, nothing kind of tropical. No, there's nothing like it, anything in in the song Kokomo. Nothing like that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. There's no imagery. You can't see any imagery of the early Beach Boys songs. It's just not like that. We do have beaches though. So. Like shout out to uh Will C. That's right. York Beach <laughs> in Maine. Yeah. yeah. That's a cool beach actually. Um <laughs> Yeah. But uh I don't usually go to that one. It's a little too far away, but there are mm-hmm. a few great beaches around Portland, Maine, and I remember too like as a kid having that small sliver, that small window of time when you could go to the beach. Um and enjoy the 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 waves and things like that. So it was like, well, that that's like, I guess that's kind of like what the Beach Boys are talking about. And that it, it ended up being kind of like a soundtrack. When I remember, even into high school and even into college, we would uh, we would always have you know the Beach Boys kind of playing. Um, we had some friends that would have you know little houses near the beach, and you just put on the Beach Boys, and it was just like that's that's the music, that's the stuff, um, and. Uh, and I think we really appreciated that even more so because of the cold winters that we go through. And then oh, yeah. another re- like remedy for these cold winters would be putting on the Beach Boys. Like I remember like having to shovel out the driveway and just putting on the Beach Boys, and it was such a crazy juxtaposition of stuff. But it was like that's like <laughs> we need to hold on to some like of that summer vibe, that summer feeling. So I think we were all like as I, as a kid, I was definitely attracted to that. Um, there was a lot of warmth and sunshine on their albums. That's something that's so cool about that band is that you can. There's a feeling that's in that, and uh, and I remember definitely the first time I went to California, I was just like blown away because I was like, "This is where the Beach Boys made their music." And going there, you can kind of totally understand where their their sound came from when you see the environment where it was created. Right. So I think that's really cool too. There that can was never yeah. part of the appeal there, you know, kind of the whole California myth thing and and why their sound was adopted so like heavily around the country and around the globe. It was like this magical land that you could go to where there's like babes and bikinis and surfers and hot rods and you know, it was just like this crazy mythical place totally. of just you know hamburger stands and <laughs> cheerleaders and it's just pretty amazing it's this thing because you know a band like the beach boys could not be from anywhere else really i mean yeah, right it would have been impossible uh and i think that's what makes them so unique their sound can definitely be copied but it's not all those duplications of their sound are copies of an original thing that came from those guys and mm-hmm. and it came from that place so that's that's what's so cool about it I remember you telling me long, long ago when we first started collaborating together that your one of your favorite Beach Boys records was Beach Boys Love You. Yes. And I was like, man, I just never have been able to get into that. It's a little weird. Yeah. Like Brian's voice is kind of, <laughs> kind of tough to listen to, and I just haven't really sunk my teeth into that. And you and you were like, well, dude, I mean, it's just 
it's just great when you're shoveling snow and uh, you <laughs> yeah. just throw that record on the headphones, man. It just hits the spot. And I was just like, that is such a weird, such a weird thing because I've never shoveled snow in my life. But either way, I'll I'll get try and get back into it. And um, yeah, it just took a little nudge, but I I really fell in love with that album. It just you know it just was never really on my radar back then until you told me that that, was... that record yeah i mean for me i remember just kind of it was like a horrible time like in general you know i remember just being really interested in this 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 one lady and she was not into it or whatever and i had to be shoveling snow couldn't mm-hmm. go i wasn't invited to the cool party and i put on that record and i'm like man brian gets it man he does. <laughs> yeah. And it like and it was and and also too like just something that was so I had never heard a record that sounded like that. And I've always loved like big beefy synthesizers and stuff, but that record just is like I don't know, it's it's whole it's a whole other beast. So like I think the the unique sound drew me in, but then like the the lyrical content it's just it's so raw and it's so real mm-hmm. and it's it goes against everything we knew and loved about the beach boys but like mm-hmm. is so beach boys too it's so it's it's a brian wilson record really i mean but um yeah. but having all those guys on there it it makes it a it makes it a, a beach boys record too but it's just a very honest um uh, record you know it's it's really cool and you know it just hit the spot for me that one time shoveling snow and i i i, I listen to the beach boys all the time shoveling snow but that was the one that was what it really got me man that was it yeah well i appreciate you getting me back into into that record making me give it another chance oh of course uh, yeah it's that's what that's what it's all about man it's probably my second favorite beach boys record it, yeah so yeah me too it's oh i can't really i don't know it's hard to it's hard to say what my favorite one is but if someone asked if actually if someone asked me it's love you yeah yeah usually yeah and it's also just to say, i just like to say that to see the look on their face because like a lot of times people will be like really or <laughs> what's that <laughs> yeah i know uh i think there's two types of beach boys fans the ones that really love love you and the ones that really hate love you so right in my experience there's no real in between I don't really talk it's to the very people polarizing. that don't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I talk to all of them. Yeah, you do. You have so, to. Yeah, yeah. It's just one of those things, man. It's just a very polarizing record, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad I, I'm glad I um, was able to really get into it. And I think you know we've talked about it a lot, but knowing the context of that record and understanding what was going on with the band and where Brian was coming from. Right. Is a big part of why I love it. It's just a strange time for the for the band and uh not talked about very often if at all. In, I mean, uh, I'm sure you'll get into it like uh yeah. when when the time comes, but I mean, that's going to be a while, so we just have to just talk about it a little bit, but Yeah, so I figured we'll just, you know, we'll 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 get into that eventually and maybe maybe you can come back on and we can talk. Sure. In depth about that. about love you. But I really, you know, wanted you to come on and talk about Wild Honey because I know you're a big fan. I love Wild Honey, man. Yeah, it's just a, um, it's so cool. So how 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 about you do me and all these listeners a favor and we'll go through and oh. rate all these songs on this album? Okay, I'd love that. 
right. you know, with all the complications, I finally got on here, and uh, yeah, it's good to be take still time, doing. Man. It does these take time. Take time. Now, <laughs> guys, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate having us, Bob. We finally got you here. Yeah, we did. <laughs> all the complications, but we're here. All right. Yeah. So let's get right into it. Wild Honey, 1967. Let's talk about the cover, because like I know you're a big fan of this. It's it's a stained glass yeah. that was in Brian's home. And I think it's so cool. It, I think it just I think it out of there's a there's a bunch of great Beach Boys covers, but there's just something that really fits the the music with this cover, and you know it doesn't have them on the on the cover, uh, right? Which I think I mean. Smiley smiled in neither, but it's kind of a hodgepodge of pictures on the back. You got uh, Brian shirtless and Denny shirtless at the beach, right? And you've got a couple of live shots of looks like a live shot of Mike and Carl, and then just a close up little smile and a grin from Al and Bruce. Bruce has a really cool mustache and a right. Cool hat. I, that always that always like kind of weirded me out because like when I when I first got into to the beach boys i i didn't really realize that bruce was even a part of the band uh yeah yeah and so to like turn over the record and see this guy with a mustache and then have and they all had like beards and stuff and then thinking of them as like these clean-cut guys and it's like what the heck happened here what the heck is that (laughs) it was just yeah it was always just a jarring thing for me to look at that cover and see that um and it and it actually it also was further kind of confusing because I think I, I had around the around the time of having Wild Honey, I also got Endless Summer, and they look even crazier on that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what was going on? But uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I love the on the front cover. I love that bee. I love like it's just you know like it's just a happy bee, you know, um, and it and it just fits fits the fits the vibe. It's uh, yeah, it was like what released. Fall of it was released in December. December, right? Of sixty-seven, so. they recorded it in the fall. Right. We'll get into it with, um, of course, the the title track, which was the first single, right? That okay. came out in October. Um, Wild Honey. Wild Honey. And um, it was released as a single October twenty-third, and then it reached number thirty-one in the U.S. Not, not a big hit, but it was a hit. It did okay. And, um, you know, I think, again, coming out of the success of Good Vibrations, it was kind of a, a, a very different sound. So, you know, people were... Well, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, I mean, the, the previous single was Heroes and Villains, and then before that was, was Good Vibrations. It's just interesting. And then I guess you can count Getting Hungry, which was technically a Brian Wilson and Mike Love single. Right. Um, yeah, very weird. Um, but yeah, Wild Honey, let's talk about the track itself. Well, for me, I always love this track because it, it makes use of the, the theremin. Uh, yeah. And that was another, I loved, I love, love, love good vibrations because that, that, that mix of like the chugging cello sound and then the, the theremin, again, like some, it's like some of these Beach Boys songs. They wait until the very last five seconds for like the best part, and like so, like with like fun, fun, fun for me. And then at, at the end, like good vibration. I'm like, oh my god! Like that's the thing that makes me want to listen to the song again. Right. Um, so so with Wild Honey, they bring that back, and I love that. I love I love mm-hmm. the 
um, the sound there. Uh, and I think I think Carl's voice is just so cool because he's just screaming his head off. And you know, who, and uh, maybe people don't like it so much, but I just think it's like very rock and roll in some ways. And um, and I always thought about this because the Beach Boys, like the Wild Honey record, uh, has a lot of parallels to where you know the the Beach Boys and Beatles were at that moment because um, I think even though the Beatles were would take a while before they really were um, you know recording the well it would be like a few more months until they started recording the White Album and whatnot but like in general like Wild Honey yeah and and the White Album are, are very stripped down basic records compared to the more psychedelic experimental stuff that both mm-hmm. bands were doing so I they always they still existed in that kind of parallel up until for these records I I, I, I feel um, and I can totally see just kind of like this the introduction of, of the record with wild honey kind of being this like real like you know rocking song with a great vocal delivery from from Carl it has some kind of parallels to uh, to back in the USSR in some ways just from that like just kind of just taken right off you know and getting into the song um, and I especially I was listening to the mono version and it does feel more like I, like when you listen to those mono records, it is more together and it does feel like a, you know, big airplane kind of taking off if you're listening in the right, you know, headspace. So right, like, right. um, so yeah, I always kind of saw a similarity with those two songs, but, um, but yeah, just, uh, this, this song for me is, is, is a great introduction to the album. Um, and, uh, and I love, I love, I love the theremin stuff that just, that just makes me crazy. And, and the solo, the solo, I don't, I can't remember what instrument that is, but that's so grooving too. Um, <laughs> yeah, the you know that's Bruce on the on the organ. Bruce had some good uh, some good solos on yeah. this record. Yeah, you want to rate the rate the song one out of ten? It's up to you. Your own scale, whatever scale you want. I I like to think of it as the best Beach Boys songs are going to be a ten, and then the worst Beach Boys songs are a one. So right. Well. Wyatt, I, I was going through this album and I don't I, I I love this record so much, so there aren't a lot of there aren't any ones on this one. Oh but, yeah, uh, yeah, I figure. I put this at seven point five. Oh, the decimal, the first ever yeah. decimal rating on the sale on podcast. <laughs> I actually had done a few decimal ratings nice. and I was like, All right. I can't go down to seven and it's yeah. not an eight, so oh, seven point five. I'm with that. I I think this is a great song. Um it's a great introduction of the record, kind of set the tone both in their recording and in you know the listener's perspective of what you're going to get out of this record and the vibe is is great um they were definitely listening to some motown at the time mm. it's a great collaboration with mike and brian cool lyrics cool kind of innuendo vibe going on um and it felt like a really organic track you know it was just like a, a some dudes jamming in the studio Totally. Um, I love Carl's vocal, and we're going to hear a lot of Carl on this record. And uh, the only thing that I, the only gripe I have about this is I wish it had um, a session drummer on this. Um, But, you know, uh, I just, I feel like the drums could have cooked a little bit more. I mean, that's a that's a, a good critique. I think you could say that about a lot of tracks on this album. Sure, sure, sure. It, it's it's a cool track and it it fits the the vibe of the record perfectly. I love that part. Like I love just the the way that it's like 
um, bound down, down, down. It's right. so cool. And I think they they definitely use that kind of musical riff in other songs after that. But it's just kind of cool, like, uh, or something similar to it. But it's just, right, it, right. I think it's just whatever Brian was working on there. But it's a really cool little rhythm line um, when you put it up against the wow. Yeah. Down, down, down. It's really cool. Yeah. We used to play this one in Sail on the band, and it was a lot of fun. We just, nobody really responded well to it i mean we we rocked it and it was a fun song and people were were excited but it just people don't know it i feel like it didn't right. stand the test of time i guess it just hasn't been on as many beach boys compilations and stuff like that it kind of gets skipped over um as do a lot of the songs from this era yeah. unfortunately after good vibrations but um it's a really cool cool track and and uh, I'm I'm gonna give it a seven out of ten. It's a really good one. Cool hearing uh, Carl, and it's cool to have a Mike and Brian collaboration um, because those are not easy to come by as we move along in the years. No. So, no, they were having some problems. I think. Yeah, well, you know, everybody was having their own. <laughs> everybody had their own personal in, issues moving into this stuff. era, but. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next track, which is Aren't You Glad. I think this is one of my favorite Beach Boys songs. Uh, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, cool. actually. Yeah, because it's just um, it's it's the first song that really stuck out to me when I listened to this record. But mm-hmm. it was like it instantly just kind of became like a like a favorite. Uh, I think for a few reasons. I just I love that piano sound. The whole the piano sound right. on this whole record is just unreal. And it's like. Uh, it's it's so special, but it has been copied. Like I actually remember listening to like an NRBQ song called "Feel You Around Me," which is like very much like influenced by "Aren't You Glad?" And it's just cool to hear that how they kind of use that sound for that. But like this is like the original, the OG. Uh, what is it like a tack piano or something like that? What do they do? Like it's a baby grand that yeah. Brian had that was oh tuned okay. all wonky. Yeah. And they did they put like some stuff on the on the uh Yeah, so the it's keys taped or something. down. Tape the strings down. are taped yeah, the down. Strings. Yeah. Right. Which is just I don't know, it's so cool. And I, I guess only Brian would be able to kind of think of that. Um, but I can't think of a lot of records that were made in the sixties that kinda of have that that sound. Is there other stuff out there that uses that? Not to the extent on one yeah. money, but you know. I think it was used, but not. I don't know of many cases where it was used as like the main instrument. Right, right. It was more of an effect, you know, for a so, part or something. I mean, the whole song is basically based off of that. Uh, right. I know. I, w- I was listening to, to the podcast, and 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 your boys were talking about this one, but um, mm-hmm. they did mention that it. I mean, it was the the arrangement is very thrown together. There's like a part where like the guitar just like straight up plays like a wrong note. It, or, or maybe yeah, yeah, it does. It, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just like, what's it's like, going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they were like, yeah. oh, that's fine. Just leave that on there. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? That's pretty cool. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. But even with that happening, um, it doesn't take anything away from me because I just love, like, I love Mike's delivery in the in the verses and then when it comes into the chorus with the horn arrangements and everything it's 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 just wonderful and it is just kind of like it is thrown together but it's it's kind of nice in that way because they're even able to make something 
thrown that sounds thrown together still sound beautiful and and it's so this song is so catchy you know um uh but when i think of wild honey i think of this song there's a few songs that are like really stand out but this is definitely one of them um so i put it at a nine killer yeah i do yeah what about you what do you think this is a great tune right off the bat you get like a really cool vibe with the with the horns Mm-hmm. And like Mike's really kind of upfront vocal, and then you get kind of a more soulful chorus feel. And I've always been a big fan of this song. It's great. Yeah. It's simple, and it's a great Mike Love lyric. Totally. It, it could have probably been like a. I it it wasn't ever a single, was it? No. It it probably could have been a single if they had. If they had done the production on on this as they did with Darling, I bet they could have had another single. It's hard to say. I I, I don't know what would have worked for them at this point because every everything else in popular music was kind of going in a more hard edged direction or psychedelic, you know, right. at the end of 1967. Although there was a lot of folky music happening too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have like these dudes that you would associate with california surf and rock music doing a more laid back kind of a soulful vibe record it's kind of hard to say what would have worked but big picture stuff i'm glad that they got into this sound because it's a great little detour and a little cool chapter in this in this uh discography and it kind of just slowly evolved through the next couple years to where you've got kind of a fully realized mix of sounds and eclectic songwriting and styles on sunflower which yeah. has everything you know that the beach boys are known for all in one on one right yeah I, I mean i think they kind of regrouped a little bit in this in this era and just kind of focused on like making it more of a of a band i guess you know like yeah. just try, like and they're like how do we do this because they because they knew that they couldn't they didn't want to do the surf stuff. Obviously they didn't want to do, they didn't want to be singing about cars and they want, they want to be hip. So it was like the closest thing that they could think of. All right, let's, let's do something like an R and B record. Let's get people dancing and things like that. And so, I mean, that might've been what they were thinking, but that's what I would have guessed. And I think it totally works, but I, I just don't think people were expecting it or ready for it or, or anything. You know, they were, people were just distracted by other stuff at this point. So, yeah, right, right wasn't the timing uh i also really like how you've kind of got the the horns doing the little counter melody at the beginning and mm-hmm. then it ends up being like vocals later on in the song where they kind of yes. imitate the horns i always thought that was neat that is cool um but yeah i give this a eight out of ten like it a lot all right yeah moving on the next tune is a cover of a contemporary song, which is weird to me, but back then it was kind of a normal thing to do covers of songs that were currently on the radio. Right. You know? I mean, I um, guess like a lot of times too, even like, like uh, there were versions on the radio of artists covering a song by another artist whose original version probably would have come out a couple months later or something like that. <laughs> it was crazy. Yes. So yeah, yeah totally. not a big deal, but it's uh I was I was made to love her. Yeah. 
the Stevie Wonder tune, um, which was a which was a big hit and it fits well on this record. I'm sure they were all really into it. And I know when they wrote Wild Honey, they were thinking about Stevie Wonder, and they were probably really into this tune. Yeah, I mean, this is like this is the most this is definitely the most R&B track on the record. Yeah, uh, but you know, I think uh, when I think. Just personally, when, as a from a musician's point of view, when you want to get into a type of sound or you want to go for that influence, you kind of immerse yourself in the artist artist music that you're really into. So, like, I think this is a great way to get into like they were getting into the vibe, the R and B vibe, and yeah. this is a great track for them to get into that vibe and, and record it. Uh, when I first got into this record i i don't think i like this song as much as i do now um right. i think back then i was a little bit it, for me it was a little bit boring just because I, I was really paying attention just to the to the arrangement and it and it's just this it's the same thing throughout the whole song yeah but right but now i really kind of like it i don't know it's just like right. as as you get older you appreciate things and and uh, i think back then it, it seemed more monotonous to me but now I just mm-hmm. really uh, dig dig the groove of it and I think that's what it's all about is that groove and um, you don't really ever I mean the Beach Boys are not really an R&B band but like they can be they can be influenced by R&B but here I actually think this is the closest they've ever really come to like being like a Motown sounding band or something like a track like that you know because um, it does groove it's really cool and the and the lyric, the uh, the vocals are are just are awesome. It's, right. it's sung. Carl just is killing it on there, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, I love I love the rhythm. I love the I love the the bass the bass work. Uh, oh yeah, so they had a guy Ron Brown did this one. Yeah, along with um, Darlin, and I think here comes the night, and maybe a maybe another track, but. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. So Ron Ron Brown, he was right. yeah. He uh he's he he's not on the he's not credited on the back. Right. right. Yeah. So you know you had to leave that all up to your imagination uh, as who who played it when you were <laughs> just looking at the record and couldn't look it up online for for that stuff. But yeah, as a kid, I guess he just I was listening to it and thinking it was just those guys playing. Um, but still, that doesn't really take away like how how great this song is and uh Mm -hmm. and yeah so and i think maybe on sunshine tomorrow there's like a there's some extended mix of it too where they're doing more um vocal like some some stuff before the track comes in and it's just kind of strong there's a bridge that they didn't use that was i think gonna be acapella and i i i think we we did a little splice of it on the last yes episode um which is interesting i don't know why they chose not to not to use that, but uh, it kind of breaks up that, the monotony it's really of the cool. song. Really cool, yeah. You know, like I know mm-hmm. there's another. We'll get to it later, but there is right. a there is a track on Wild Honey where they did cut off some vocal stuff, and it was perfect because if they had left it on, it would have been horrible. Yeah. We'll get to that later. But <clears throat> on this, it was like, um, you know, this. I love that break. So that was one of my favorite moments when I was listening to to Sunshine Tomorrow and yeah. hearing that because I was like, whoa, yeah. Now now it's cooking. I think actually that's probably. Hearing that track on Sunshine Tomorrow is what kind of got me back into this and really liking it more than I used to. And for that mm-hmm. reason, I I put this uh 
I, I put this one up there. Yeah. And um, I make, I'm putting it up as a seven, Wyatt. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's really, really good. It's a cool groove. Again, great bass playing by Ron Brown. Just kind of a hypnotic groove that kind of repeats itself over and over again. Carl's just killing it, of course. Great backing vocals. Um, the song is cool, but it doesn't it doesn't really go anywhere. That's my right. only my only real gripe with it is it just doesn't really have a lot of dynamics and it doesn't really have a lot of variations. It's almost it's almost like a a house song or something like that, which is it's cool. I mean, and it's an easy song to get into and dance to, and it's a good song to put on if you're having a party. Right. But that's true. For critical I'm listening, always having a party, yeah, by the way, so right. that's why I have to have just, oh, yeah, this is one of my party songs. Well, this is the Beach Boys version of a party song. Exactly. And um, I give it a 6 out of 10 because it's cool, but it's not, I don't think it's a, a great song as far as Beach Boys songs go. It is a cover. And I could have really used like some interesting variations on this theme. I wish they had included the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, it's cool. It's a great recording. I love Carl's vocal. Um, a lot to get excited about here. All right, let's go into this next one, which is another interesting track. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a different vibe. One of the more somber sides of this of this record. Country air. Country air. It's nice hearing the boys singing this group vocal. It has a kind of a smile vibe to it in that way. I was gonna say, you know, there's like something uniquely Americana about this track in the same way that smi- like a lot of this like kind of old like smile went for. You know what I mean? Like you think of the old days. Uh, the old American days of when you hear this track, it's very melancholy. Um, yeah, but it also is like kind of talking about you know, get a breath of that country air. Um, it it shouldn't be like a sad song lyrically, but it kind of just feels that way. Um, yeah, and I think they kind of tapped into this a year, a few years later. Um, with talking about like the environment, but in a different way with like with "Don't Go Near the Water," but that one's kind of like a negative song, like about right the, the, the you know environment. Where this is also kind of like a very somber song, but it's talking about um, the, that wonderful country air. You know, you get out there and you just breathe it in. It's fresh. I know, I know the feeling. I love breathing in fresh air. Uh, you don't really get that in the city. Uh, when I was living in Madrid for eight years, there was none of that. Um, you know, really bad, bad air quality. So, you know, something unique about the Beach Boys too is like when they when they sing about nature. Uh, if, if you've if you've experienced that kind of wonderful part of nature, like country air, or, you know, even going to Big Sur or something like that, you're like, yeah, man, that's it. That's that's they know, they got it. They're tapped into what what the beautiful parts of these the world is. You know, so that's cool. I like that about this song. Yeah. What do you think about, what do you want to rate this one? Well, the thing is, is that it's just like, it's not, it's when I think about the rest of the, the record, just the mm-hmm. song itself, it's really nice, it's good, um, but it's not, it's really not one of my favorites. Uh, it's yeah. just, I don't know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't grab me like the other, the other tracks. Sure. So I put it at a six. Yeah. 
It's just not I'm, like I'm, a knockout. I'm down with that. Um, I like this one a lot. It's it's a cool little deviation from the the upbeatness of this record right. thus far. And um, it's a cool, descriptive feel, both lyrically and musically. Uh, I love, like, again, kind of, I think it's Brian doing the kind of the horn part with his mouth. <laughs> it yeah. sounds like he's trying to imitate mm-hmm. like a like a, a trumpet or a or a trombone or something which is always awesome because they could have easily just gotten a horn to do it right and it's like a wordless you know like a wordless verse and then the whistling it's just neat i mean it's a it's a different sound for them and uh i love the kind of eerie intro section eerie. Yeah. yeah it is eerie uh I do like he's like it's humming a along too, chord. though, right? It's kind of an yeah, yeah, for sure. That's cool. Yeah. Um, the that suspended kind of eerie chord. Yeah. yeah, it just it like it it could be called like haunted country air. Exactly. You know, but I do like also when he goes, "Come on!" Yeah, dude, that's the best. <laughs> that's awesome. That was my favorite part. Yeah, I was that mention. is my favorite part, actually. So. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? I'm actually going to rate this 6.5, Wyatt. Put that right, on record right. for me. I'm changing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, giving this, I'm giving this an 8 out of 10. This right. is a, one of my favorite songs on the record. In a simple arrangement, simple, like, kind of Brian Wilson drums type vibe going on, you know, just like one drum at a time. You know, like, right. I love that. Uh, it's perfect for this. That's and, always been kind of an interesting thing about this record, are the drums. Yeah. Because, like, what, like, they're not, it's not really even drum. There's, like, one song yeah. with, like, full drums, right? Like, Right. So it's, it's again, it's, like, either Brian or Dennis or both or maybe Carl or, right. you know, and they're just hitting, like, a couple drums at a time. It's the Brian Wilson kind of school of, of drumming. Right. And I also think that this song, this, uh, this record has a lot of, uh, similarities in the drumming, uh, with, with love you actually, cause there's some really basic drum and stuff going on, um, with love you. And, uh, yeah, for sure. It, and, but it just sounds a little bit different, but I mean, there are just some parts in this record where like the, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the drums. Like I'd love to, I mean, if the if the Beach Boys could like do drums like that, then any band can do drums and be like, "That's the drums." All right, let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's still, it's like it, it it doesn't matter though because the songs are so good, so you don't you're not like thinking about it. It just the the arrangements are 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 there. So I mean, it only when you really deep dive deep down into the record and really analyze each instrument, you know, and the instrumentation, do you realize how sparse a lot of the drums are in some spots? But you don't. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And you never hear a song with the with the style of drums that you get on some of these tunes. We're almost. Our, I think we're almost done with uh, side A. So the last song on this side is called "A Thing or Two. What do you think about this one, Wyatt? Another cool Brian and Mike collaboration, as most of this record is. Yeah, which is great. The, to me, this this kind of also feels like. Getting hungry, part two. It's got a, it's you know definitely I mean? got a getting hungry kind of vibe to it. Because yeah, it's cause like it's, the the ver- It's not nearly it's disjointed. as disjointed. Yeah, it's not nearly as disjointed as getting hungry, but it no. still feels like two different songs that they it's just jammed together. Songs. Right, right. Yeah. Um, 
though they I feel like they do they do work well together if like for example for me like I I really loved the chorus when I first started listening to the song you know I really was in yeah. I, I liked it and I what what I really loved was the guitar um, and it and going back now it kind of reminds me and it, it of the Ike and Tina Turner song Nutbush City Limits it's oh, got this yeah. kind of like and that is that's like R&B stuff you know so they're like using right, that right. like dun, 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 right you right, know right. Um, and and that always hit like hit me as something that I really really liked and um, and, and with with the bass going as well um, but uh the verse has this almost kind of like Hawaiian luau feel. Sure. Yeah. Right. Um, which is, you know, very Beach Boys. And then it goes right into like R&B. So it's like yeah. I see this as a, as a kind of a perfect mix of like what their, their, their beach influences and then their R&B. And they put them together in a song. Does it work like flawlessly? No. But um, I've always gotten a, a, a kick out of this song because I just I think... I think the vocal, the vocals sound great on it too. Um, like the, the yeah. high, the high, like na na. Yeah. Uh, and and it's uh, it's Carl singing on the chorus, right? Yep. Yeah, he just sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like the chorus feels like it should be like rocking, and there should be like a big drum part going, but it's literally just a hi hat. <laughs> like it's just like yeah, that's, that's two nuts, little hi hat right? hits. But it's like, do it right, baby, and it should be like this big groove, but it's just right. a hi-hat. But I know I know it's I, but I think also that like sparse instrumentation kind of makes it like different. Like it's it's, yeah. it's almost it's almost rocking in the sense that there's like not much going on. So they're relying on different instruments to like carry that that power of that like feeling and in this case it's like that guitar yeah you know and then and then the the hi-hat i guess is doing that but it's um yeah they're just relying on different instruments to carry the song than than it would usually be so it's just again another unique take on how to make rock and roll music but Mm -hmm. that's what makes us so special so some weird you know some weird lyrics again like the beach boys acting like they have jobs like it's it's talking about working from nine to five. It's like right. none of you guys are working from nine to five. You know, it's just one of those, you know, kind of a interesting, sl- slightly sexual Mike Love lyric. Um, but I'm I'm a I'm a fan of it. What do you give this one? I give it a seven. Co- cool. Yeah. Because I I, it, I don't know. I just really yeah. like it. I give this one a six. Nice. Out of ten, yeah. Uh, there's no bad songs on this record, you know. No, they're it's pretty. They're cool. not. There's some bad songs on almost every Beach Boys record to this point, outside of, you know, Pet Sound. It's a su- It's a very solid album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's solid. And you know, and then, and then you so you finish side A, and you're like, yeah, you know, that's that's really good. Yeah. I think I'm gonna keep on listening to this record. <laughs> so you flip over the record, and you got side B. Yeah, this album is not front loaded, really, because there's some I really great side songs two on to side, side one. Yeah. Yeah, side to be one or side two, side B, side A. Yeah, well, I think you know, name, really, they call it side two. 
I think more on the single side, they're going to call it A and B, and then on the oh, albums, one and two. I'm sorry. I've just been That's listening right. to CDs lately. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have a lot sides of on those, do you? No. Well, you do. One one works and one doesn't. It depends you, on how you put it in. But if you put it in the wrong way. You've been trying to play side two on those CDs, I know. It gets stuck in the CD yeah. player. You can't get it out, especially if it's in your car. Oh, oh God. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, but you got to try it. You never know. There might be a secret track on on side B. Don't even, don't even get me started. I don't even want to. I've ruined so many CD players. Just looking Just for something on over. side two. Yeah. All right. So yeah, side two. You got kicking it right off. Put the needle down with Darlin. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, for me, it just doesn't get better than this, man. So good. It just doesn't get better than this. So we talked about it a little bit, but it was originally going to be a song for Three Dog Night, which was at the time called Redwood. Redwood. Um, And they (laughs) recorded it, or at least they recorded, like, you know, the track, and they recorded the, the, uh, the opening, like, maybe like a guide vocal, and then... Mike Love and and the rest of the guys were like, ah, they we're gonna be taking in. that now. <laughs> yeah, thanks. He's like, there, we're not letting you do Surf City Part Two. This is a Beach Boys right. song, buddy. And it was a good thing they did because it was a it was a good little hit for the Beach Boys. It was oh. released uh, as the second single from the record. It was released in December, and it reached uh, number nineteen in the U.S. and number eleven in the U.K. So it did pretty well. And um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great Carl vocal again, just uh, perfect for Carl's voice. Um, and one of the songs that, when I think about my favorite Carl Wilson lead vocals, this is definitely in the top few of those, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad for Redwood or or Three Dog Night because they would they would end up getting a hit with the you know Jeremiah was a bullfrog. They had their hits. Yeah. Mama told me not to come. Their time would come. Yeah. But you know what? I'm glad that this is actually one of the few times that Mike Love stepped in with Reese. <laughs> 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 no, but um, uh, it's just, you know, I love this song. It's just a great, great melody, great vibe. The song itself on this record is the most complete sounding. Um just great great horn arrangements carl's vocal is so good um now i seem to recall though that um didn't like did the honeys do a version of this before or did like was there a song that sounded very similar to you were sort of correct there so it was originally recorded it was a brian wilson song that he wrote for sharon marie oh okay Right, so that was okay, yes. I think like one of Mike Love's girlfriends or something, mm-hmm. and um, released in 1964. Right, as a okay, single. That's right. And it was yeah. called "Thinking About You, Baby." Wow. Yeah, and then it was later recorded as uh, "American Spring." Mm. You know, so they did that. They did that in the in the late 60s, early 70s, or something. "American Spring." Yes, I think it was 72. Oh, okay, so they re-recorded. And that was also called Thinking About You, Baby. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Thinking of what I'll do 
yeah, you know, just another we you put that that um that piano sound uh with the bass and it's just uh, that's a winning combination. Yeah, there's, and, and, that's Ron and, Brown again and now Ron we've Brown. got Hal Blaine playing drums. Right. Right. Which is great. Cuz this was more of a, you know, this was more of a real session that was done, you know, for um for Redwood. So they had a uh, they had uh, strings and horns going on and it was a it was a kind of a bigger more full sounding track and it was great totally um it's just yeah you know it's this this song i think maybe this one is one of the tracks that uh that you'll hear on like a greatest hits album i feel like it's probably one of the most well known tracks from from the record and i think uh when you get to the end of those greatest hits records or whatever, like yeah. this track was definitely on it and it was one of the last ones, but like it was, it was great. So I remember hearing this as like, as, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think I heard this on the radio. So when I, when I got wild honey, I was very familiar with this song. And that was one of probably the, probably the reasons of having interest in the record to begin with is just knowing that song and then discovering everything else after that. But um, it's just classic. It's, it's a, it's a great sixties pop song just the way that it sounds, but in general, it's just a great pop song because it's just the arrangement, the way that it's written. Um, just, just fantastic. I, uh, I, I give it a 10. Whoa. 10. Nice. Yeah, I do. I really do. Great. I was wondering if we were going to get a 10 on this. We record. did it, cool. that one. That's it. Um, I, I'm a big fan of this song again reiterating what you said great performance great carl wilson vocal great group vocal from the guys um i love the lyric i love um i love when he says uh i love the way you soften my life with your love i just think that's a great lyric it's like kind of this manly guy who's like you know just like pouring his soul out and saying you soften my my life with your love it's a great it reminds me of like um, the ELO song, "Shine a Little Love on My Life." ELO. Anyway, I give it an eight out of ten. Oh yeah. Yeah. Eight. Very good on okay. my scale. Very good. I had to give this one a ten because it's just like it's I, oh, it's yeah, just man, one of I my favorites. It. Oh yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites. I'm not gonna give it a ten point five because I'm not going over. Yeah, 10. you can't do over ten. Because then that would just screw up the whole thing. But it's a ten. It's a 10. Okay, next up is I Love Just Wants to See You. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This one is another one that I really, really love. Yeah. I love it because it, it, it's just, uh, you know, the, it's so, uh, what's, what's the song? It's like kind of in the same vein as Busy Doing Nothing. He's just kind of going through like his like doing this and I'm doing that. Um, yeah, and it's it's just so like it's so Brian, mm-hmm. um, and I love that. But also the arrangement with the acoustic guitar in the chorus, it's very it's very kind of baroque pop sounding, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it's got a very magical um, feeling. And actually, to me, at one of the most beautiful parts of this record is the the outro uh, when he's going. It's like yeah. the very end, um, and uh, and I know that they actually they they recorded an extended version where like um, 
where they're all they're all singing. And they took that out uh, for the for the actual album. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, you guys were talking about this on the last episode. But I am so glad that they did take it out because uh, you got Mike going, "Little lady, a little lady," and it just kind of totally ruins like how beautiful that. <laughs> Part was because you got Mike just going, oh my lady, oh my lady, oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so like that's that's dumb, but like I'm not gonna. I talking about the actual version that was on the record that I first heard, the mono version. Here we are, um, and I I just I love this one. It's uh, it's got some funny lyrics. I I know it just all like adds up to that very like. It's very innocent. It's you know, but it's just I love just wants to see you mm-hmm. in the nude. And I don't think that I got it when I was a kid. I didn't really even realize like I wasn't paying attention enough to like like get it. But like as I as I grew older, I was like figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. I think my ears got a little sharper, I mean, and I'm like, did they just say nude? I never, <laughs> I never noticed it when I first yeah. heard this song. Right, you know, it just comes and goes so quickly. It's like. But I think it, I don't know, I don't remember when it was that I first realized what he was saying there at the end. But this is 100% like a Brian song. Like, I don't yeah. know, I don't think Mike had anything to do with this. Maybe like a line or two, but it just seems like a Brian Wilson lyric. Like you said, it's like that slice of life type thing, or slice of pie in this in this case. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just love that when, it's just so kind of, you know, there's also that weird creepiness where I think it's probably about his sister-in-law, if I had to guess. Oh, geez. Um, when's the last time you baked me a pie? Which I think is an, also an innuendo. Right. Um, you had a way of making it come alive. It's not too late for you to take a drive. So, yeah, I mean, think what you will. I'd love just once to see you in the nude. So, yeah, definitely not talking about his wife, I'll tell you that. Or the, or the or the lady oh at the bakery. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh boy. Um. But man, what a cool song! I love it. I it's it is. it's very different, like, from from the rest of the album, and also, um, very different for Brian. It's just a it's just a cool little vibe, and it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of some songs that come you know later. Like later. there's a couple songs on Friends and 2020 that this reminds me of a little bit so it's I just, yeah I, I love the 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 backup vocals though and then mm, like, yeah the, it's just it's very uh it's it it sounds like you know birds yeah like singing in the and you're in this like green garden i always just right. i always really was gravitating to those vocals because it just sounded so nice yeah you know? and, yeah um, for sure and and I love that they were able to capture that, and I'm so glad that they took that part off because it's just like, oh, lady, lady, hey, yeah, yeah. Lady, hey. I, I'm Mike, with you, yeah. yeah. Jesus, what uh, I and this could also like it, it, this could have been a song on on Love You, you know, like it's got oh, that absolutely. kind of vibe. Just think yes. about it with like some yes. synthesizers. Like, there's a cool version that Will C did that I use every now and then Whoa. for our backing music, and it's a great like kind of synthesizer based version of this. And but. Um, yeah, what do you what do you rate this one? I uh I actually rated this one um a eight point yeah. two. Ooh, eight point two. Yeah. All right, nice. 
Uh, I gave this a nine out of ten. Believe it or not, oh, I wow. I really love this song. It's just one of Whoa. my favorites on the record. This it's is great. you. This is higher than Darling. It's higher than Darling. It's wow. a personal. It's a personal scale. You know. Oh, personal scale. It's okay. uh. It's you know. I just think it's just a little bit more my vibe, man. It's I just like a, the chords. I like your Brian's vibe vocal. Sure. You know, it's just it's just got so much. You know, cool ear candy going on and it, yeah. it makes my heart sing to hear brian I love this song yeah, yeah 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 he sounds great on this like sounds so great know. yeah it, he was he was in the zone and i love the this. silly i love the silly ending too it's just so like it seems so sweet and 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 kind of like a innocent thing yeah it doesn't seem like he's like having a laugh it seems like you know it's just like this is a song that i wrote it's not it's, like a big joke. It's like, yeah, here's this is a song. I wrote this song. Here it is. It's yeah, it's very like <laughs> it's know? very gentlemanly. You yeah, know? he's like, excuse me, miss. I, I was just wondering if I could see you in the nude. <laughs> he's not like I'd like to see you naked. He's like, I yeah. would like just once to see you in the nude. <laughs> if that's okay. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'd love. And he says it three times. Yeah. I'd yeah. love just once to see you. Can you imagine the re- the reaction of whoever he was saying that to? Oh my well, god! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, In the nude, really? <laughs> hopefully, he didn't say that to anybody. I but maybe that, he did. I hope that this song doesn't get really popular and then people are <laughs> burning. Brian's well, this is the least state. of Brian's worries. If if uh, if he's worried about getting canceled, hope, I'll tell yeah, you they that. Be- yeah, they better take MIU off of Spotify quick. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's move on. Let's get into this next track. Yes, yes. Which is called Here Comes the Night. Oh. Um, this song is an interesting one because I think it's like it's opposite to what, uh, it's opposite to I Was Made to Love Her. When I was younger, I really liked this song, and I think over time I've, I don't like it as much, you know? Um, but I... I still do really like it, um, and I love just the chorus and the, the tension that exists in the chorus. Because I feel like up until this point, we haven't heard like a uh, a song that kind of has like this this kind of um, it, it's it's like kind of rock. It's like big rock chords. Down, 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 down. That's cool. Right, right, um, I really right. love that because so I love mm. I love that progression, um, and I, I think it's got like yo yeah here comes the night um, yeah it, so it's like it's got this kind of rock and roll thing going which I which I really like um, yeah and the 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 verse two is uh, is really I I love the melody on the verse two um, so it is cool like. And, and again, this kind of this song is is a little bit like um, a thing or two, where the the verse and the chorus are are very different um, in some ways. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I think, um, but it's like a happier uh, happier verse, and then the chorus is just like hold me, love me. Yeah. But I love that part. Um, yeah. Um, but. Uh, it, it kind of like for me. What I don't really like after to- after listening so much, it's just like I feel like it does have this kind of like disjointedness about it sometimes because you really get into the chorus, and I wish that the chorus was even longer. 
I think that mm-hmm. they took that in, in the complete worst way and made it a disco track, but like it could have just been like a just a more rock and roll song. Didn't have to be like 12 minutes long uh, or re-recorded at all, but just the original just had a great, you know, great chorus. Um, so, you know, for me, it's not like my favorite track on it, but uh, on, on the record, but um, I still like it. And I, I put it at a 6.5. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you. I, I think it's, it's probably my least favorite song on the record. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's bad, but it's just fine to me. It doesn't do a lot for me. Right. And I'm not sure why they decided that they needed to re-record this, you know, 12 years later in like a disco style. That didn't make sense to me either. But I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting tune. And again, it's got that weird like kind of half drumming on it um but it's got a cool groove i I do like the bass playing again that's ron brown um ron brown's awesome yeah he he rips it's really really good bass playing but um yeah it's just fine i don't love or hate this song it's the low point for me but i still like it i think it's still got a cool groove to it and i I I enjoy it when it comes on it's not a skip for me you know no i don't skip over any of these songs yeah no definitely not um okay but so, next we have well, what did you what are you gonna rate it as oh i'm sorry i give that a five out of ten oh, okay okay um i think which is not bad it's just mediocre to yeah. me I, yeah i didn't realize that the disco version existed for so long and yeah kind of yeah. just to to go back to like how they got the idea i think they're probably spending a little too much time down at gilbert's powder house dude that could be, dude. Yeah. That could be. The, Only, that could be the case. That might have been it. Which is well, it's not a good. At, <laughs> the result not good. Let's move on sure. to uh, the next track, which is "Let the Wind Blow." Kind of a another country air vibe here. Oh, so we've yeah. got the country air, and then we've got "Let the Wind Blow." This cool takes little... it to another level, though. This song oh, is yeah. way better than country air, in my opinion. I think so too. This song is great. This song is really good, and I love lyrically how they tie in um, Wild Honey. Let, Let the, the bees, bees make, make honey. honey. Yeah, yeah. And then so Sunshine cool. Tomorrow is cool, too. But um, but the 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 lyrics on this are great, um, and again, it's kind of got that little haunty kind of vibe, but yeah. um, but mm-hmm. but the the that sounds like wind, you know? That's cool. Right. Yeah. Um, so I like the visual, the visuals that the that the that the vocals make with that, mm-hmm. um, and some really cool like acoustic guitar stuff going on. Um, I love the acoustic on here, at, like in the same way that I liked it on. Um, I love I love just wants to see you. Um, right, right. This is this is definitely uh this is uh one of the highlights of side two. Yeah, I'm such a big fan of this song. I love it. What did you what did you rate it? Oh, I'm gonna put it at eight. Nice. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of this song. I think it's my favorite song on the album. On the record? Yeah. It's either this or I just wants I'd love just wants to see you, to be honest. Those I think it's one of those, but I think this one's my favorite. I've always I remember this is funny, like I remember listening to this when uh when we were on tour one time in Spain and it was like really windy we were driving through like the plains and it was really windy it was like in december 
And I remember listening to this song in the van and getting really inspired by yes. it because of the the imagery and stuff. And that's so um, cool. Yeah, it just every time I listen to the song now, I think about that. I think about driving through the windy plains in Spain. It's interesting that that happened to you because I I that happened to me so so often listening to the mm. Beach Boys and driving through Europe and just kind of being inspired by what you're looking yeah. what you're seeing outside the window. I mean, it, that's really right, cool. Right. Yeah, so I always think about that now, and I maybe that's one of the reasons I have a, a new, somewhat newer affinity for it. Um, I, I thought I love the lyrics. I think it's just so cool and sad, and and um, let the moon glow on the fallen snow. What a cool line! Oh, I, I love, love all that the, line I love too. all the uh, yeah the the backing vocals, and I, I think it's such a cool composition too. You got some awesome the the, the way that the piano um, and the bass line work around the the chords and the vocals. It's like still very soulful and kind of has like an R and B feel to it mm-hmm. in the back. And then you go into that the B section or whatever it is. Um, the "Don't Take Her Out of My Life." That's really good. And it's like, whoa, that's like, that's some heavy stuff. Yeah, they really tapped into some real emotion with that one. And it's like you can feel it. It's really good. Yeah, it's cool. Maybe there was some some strife in Brian's personal relationship that was kind of lending itself to this song. Um, Another thing I hear in this song, which I really have always loved is um, there's like a little kind of reference maybe to the Beatles girl where they go, they have that. Yeah. The breathing type thing. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, cool. Definitely. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. If they got uh, it there's the a lot Beatles, of cool but... visual cues both um directly from the lyrics and also just indirectly from the the music and backing vocals which is awesome and i I think it's a nine out of ten for me yeah it's right up there with some of my favorite beach boys songs it's really really great another good one man yeah um moving into the next track here on side two we've got how she boogalooed it uh yeah, I used to thought I used to think this song was called How She Boogadooed It. <laughs> I definitely remember like hearing this song for the first time and being a little bit weirded out by the lyric and being like, What is what are you talking about here? What is boogaloo? What is a boogaloo? How do you boogaloo? Well something? it's like it's like ham boning. Oh. It is? Yeah. But right. opposite. The opposite of ham bone. I had to look up Boogaloo when I was younger because I didn't know what in the world Boogaloo could be referring to. I was not hip in that sense. Um, but it's just kind of a kind of a, a, a Latin R&B, right? So it's oh. like a, it's a genre of, of music from the 60s. Okay. Boogaloo. Oh, that, yeah. oh really? Boogaloo. Oh, Boogaloo. Yeah. Boogaloo. Yeah. Oh, I know what Boogaloo is. People in Spain are talking about Boogaloo all the time, but I've never yeah. heard of it as Boogalooed. Well, yeah, I guess like, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. It's like ver- a verb of Boogaloo. Like, wow. You know. Wow. How, how she, how she alt countryed it. <laughs> you could take any music genre and just put an ED on it and you got a whole different, you know, you have a whole batch of different song titles. I don't know, man. I think this song is kind of cool because it. I I think it's like the one of the fastest songs the Beach Boys ever recorded. 
<laughs> it's like proto punk, dude. It sounds I was like that. Gonna, I actually had had mentioned on my on my notes. I was like, this is a more of a punk song than it is an R and B song. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like garage punk. Yeah, it's and almost got like a double time feel to it. You know, it's really it's interesting. Yeah, it, it's very punk rock for sure. It's got this great part where it's like uh, the the guitars like the the guitars come in and then and then the keyboard and it, it just I don't know it just seems fun. Um, I've I've definitely gone back and forth about how what what I think about this song, but like I I remember when I first heard the record, it was definitely it stood out to me. Like it wasn't the best song, but it definitely stood out because I love the energy on it. Um, it just had like it just was kind of like cooking, and you know I think it's just a fun kind of garagey. Um, arrangement it doesn't really fit that well with the rest of the songs um, but I it is like kind of nice hearing something energetic coming out of let the wind blow into this yeah um, mm-hmm. I just it for the last song on such a great record well not the last song sorry but like one of the last songs on 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 the record there probably could have been a stronger track uh, but I mean this is just like for me it's like really really high quality filler i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i think they just jammed it out in the studio um you know and it was just kind of like there's not really a whole lot going on as far as like the song itself it's just kind of like a groove and then carl's just kind of jamming over this groove you know and the song is so short too it's like a minute and 50 seconds or something it's punk man it's very punk yeah and they're just just rocking man it's just one of those little rockers um again though it just doesn't there's not like a, a ton of drums going on no you know um i don't know if there's like a, are they is it a hand clap it's like a tom and then like a shaker right that's pretty much it um but it's cool i mean i i don't hate it i know a lot of people were like oh you hate that song and i don't know where they're getting that from i think jason hated it like, i think when we originally talked about Okay. Certain albums, he said that he hated that song, but I, I don't. I don't hate that song at all. I think, I think it's cool. I gave it a six, six out of ten. Yeah, I, I gave it a six point eight. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's got a, it's got a great vocal and and um, I don't know. It's fun. I like the little breakdown. Um, yeah, the ending is cool. Another great keyboard solo by Bruce. Right. 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 Socket to me. Yeah. S O C K I T. Yeah, they they're they spelled it out, man. It's a hip it's it's hip lingo that they're they're that I they're, think so. Yeah. They're singing right here. Hip hip lingo. Well, we're getting to the end here. This we got one more track one here. Line. And it's a it's a it's a little leftover from from the smile oh, era, as smile we know. Sessions. Um called mama says yeah and it's kind of like you know vegetables part two here uh and i really like it it's obviously like like a a cool way to end the record even though it doesn't feel like it should be on this record it's kind of a cool way to to wrap it up it's sort of i think i can't remember who was saying it i think it was will or john was saying it's kind of like the mama from (laughs) Like the first, uh, the first word in the album is "mama." Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? so it's like a cool way to book oh, in. I never thought of that. So cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I don't know if they even thought about that. They probably didn't, but it's neat how it worked out that way. Uh, I, I, I I think that this this album in general just has like a very warm yeah. feel to it. It's a very it's a good feeling record. It, it it covers a wide range of emotions and styles, but in general, it's just a good feeling album. There isn't anything yeah. kind of mm-hmm. like dark about it in like the way that it was produced and like mm-hmm. and the way that it sounds the 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 feeling that that comes out of it uh so it's just a it's just a good good time album you know and uh and i think you could definitely tell that the guys had a had a good time recording it you know like and right, uh right. and so to end this the record on this uh is is just fun i remember when I would listen to the record and this would be the last song. It was always, you know, very kind of like catchy, like run a lot, do a lot, brush them like crazy. You know, like that's it. You can't, you can't listen to this and not have it stuck in your head, you know, like, right. uh, and, uh, it does also have my favorite, one of my favorite moments on the record too, is just the poof. Yeah. That's definitely. the best, man. That's yeah. the best. I do. So I do like this that. is a great little ending track, I think. And it's just them singing. Mm-hmm. You know, that it goes right back to the roots of the Beach Boys. Just them yeah. you know, just singing. That's all you need yeah. sometimes. What's your rating? I give this a seven point five. Nice. It's just so short, but you know. I like having a little bit more smile throwback here. And um I think I give it a seven out of ten. I do enjoy this one a lot. It doesn't really fit the record, but I do like thinking about it as a as a bookend. Totally. And hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they did actually make make a conscious decision to put Mama at the beginning and the end. But who I knows? I think they did. Um, well, you know what's interesting too that I never think about. You know, like this song when it came out, uh. Nobody knew it as like a smile outtake. It would have just been a brand mm-hmm. new song. No, yeah, right? they didn't know that. Yeah, so that's kind of cool too when you think of it in that respect. You know, like um, this was and- the first time that they used you know a track that wasn't that was from Smile to you know to like close out a Beach Boys album, which happened another two times. Like it happened on Twenty Twenty and right. on Surfs Up. Right, right. You wow. know, just kind of like, hey, look, here's a little goodie at the end of the record, which is what my dad was telling me, like when he realized like, oh yeah, Cabin Essence um was a was from Smile, so people knew that. Yeah. And on Surf's Up, people knew that Surf's Up was a Smile song, you know, because right. they saw it on that T V special. So it was kind of a cool like theme they had where they would close the album with like a little That's smile true. leftover type That's thing. Cool yeah. That they did that. I give it a seven out of ten because um I do really enjoy it and it's a simple little Album closer and the boys sound awesome on it, mm-hmm. and um, they did not credit my boy Van Dyke Parks on this. Unfortunately, you know I'm still trying to get unblocked by him on Twitter. Uh, that's that's an ongoing process for me and my lawyers. I've talked to him. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. He Tell him he I just said wants, what's up to unblock well, me. He just wants me to send him a bunch of like raspberry preserves. Okay, well, I would hold out on any sort of. We're, we're I'm boycotting anything to do with Van Dyke Parks until he unblocks no. me on Twitter. Um, not until he unblocks so yeah, you. He's there not it is, Wild Honey, jelly. by the Beach Boys. 
Wild Honey. A wonderful record. Um, One of my favorites. I love this record. And I hope that yeah. people that, you know, maybe don't know this record so well, you know, after hearing this, after hearing, you know, the four episodes, uh, four or five, I don't know how many you've done at this point, but I hope It'll that people. Four. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that people uh, really enjoy it and maybe have, oh, yeah. uh, rediscovered it, maybe, perhaps, because it's worth rediscovering so. or discovering to begin with, you know? Yeah, what do you what do you want to rate the album as a whole? Yeah, what do you think? Uh, as a whole, yeah, I would what do you say rate the album? I would say eight. Great. Yeah, I think eight for sure. I'm gonna Ten give it a being seven. The best. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like the songs themselves and the album are a little short. You know, I feel like I wish it had maybe another couple tracks on it, or some of the songs had a little bit more substance. Yeah, it's it's but, a short one. Um, just nitpicking, really. I mean, it feels like a really cool time, like you were saying. Like, there's no like negative connotations with like the way this was made, and it feels like they had a fun time making it. And I appreciate the attempt to make a different style of Beach Boys record. Um. And um, yeah, just the, some of the some of the arrangements are a little bit sparse and flat for me. But overall, I really like the record. Doing this podcast and hearing um, everything that Will and John brought to it didn't really change my opinion on the record. But it mm -hmm. it was extremely interesting to hear. I listened to this record a lot. Yeah. So unlike Smiley Smile, which took me a long time to really get into this record, I I remember hearing um pretty early on and and liking. But it's not one of my favorite Beach Boys records. I hear you. I mean, for me, there's a lot of nostalgia in this record for me because you know, I I re it reminds me of just growing up and this being really one of the first like full on Beach Boys albums that I had. Um, mm -hmm. And and it, I just it, I didn't have a lot of records or LPs so when I was a kid. So this was one of them, and so I just ended up listening to it a lot. And uh, and so for that reason alone, it's just like nostalgia and this, I know every song and I've listened to it a, a lot. Um, one thing that was kind of cool was hearing the um, this record mixed in stereo uh, because it took a long time to hear any stereo versions of the, of the songs. Um, but actually right. going back now, I, I, I had spent um, some time listening to the, the regular mono original, I guess, the original mixes or just whatever mono mixes kind of available yeah. now mm -hmm. to get it was, ready to... it was it was the last beach boys record that was mixed in mono okay yeah yeah but i do like it i i like it like both i like hearing it in stereo but i think just like the mono mixes is great um but uh yeah it's definitely for me it's it's up there um like it's really hard to say i can't tell you like the actual placings, but right now, but what with that, well, love you's number one for me, but this record's definitely in the top five or maybe top four. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. But I wanted to five. mention another quote by one of our, um, favorite songwriters, Noel Gallagher. Nice. Who, uh, said <laughs> that he considers the beach boys <laughs> to be the most vastly overrated band in the history of popular culture. But he said that How She Boogalooed It was among the group's only six good tunes. <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> he said they have six good songs, and how she boogalooed it is one of them. <laughs> it can't be re- that can't be real. <laughs> he should do a cover. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what that's about, but <laughs> I think oh, you know what? I wanted to mention too is really really cool. So like, Darlin was was covered a lot of times. Like, Yipes had a had like a top hundred hit with Darlin. Oh, did they really have? Yeah, a, it charted a, like number sixty eight. No way. They, yeah, that's crazy. I like that version. But also, you know who else covered Darlin was Daft Punk. Their first band was called Darlin, and their first song was Darlin. What? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Have you heard it? Yeah, it's great. Oh, I bet it's I'll great. send it to you. Yeah, please. Also with one of the guys from Phoenix. Oh wow! Okay, Mor- yeah, yeah, yeah. Bronkowitz. Wow. So yeah, wrapping this up because I gotta run. Yeah, man. Um, I gotta turn the for, heat on. Thanks for doing this album, dude. Run through with me and chatting with me for the for the listeners out there. Thanks for having me. I hope people yeah. enjoy the episode. You know, it's uh, I, yeah. I I'm really glad that you had me on. Especially after everything that happened with the last episode, so <laughs> that was why I wanted to have you on because I, no. I felt like you know we needed to redemption needed to explore that further. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, it was it was a it was a cool voicemail. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, people may know uh, you if they if they follow me and and follow my adventures and stuff. They've probably seen us working on music and stuff, but. That's right. Kurt's probably my best friend. We've been making music together for a long time, and I'm never one to tout my personal life and personal work on this podcast. But if you ever want to check out some stuff that I really feel good about, um, the Kurt Baker records are really, really a big part of, of my life and, and obviously Kurt's life. But yeah, I put a lot of work into those, and the new one is called After Party. We made it right before the pandemic that's right and we just now have been able to kind of start promoting it like with shows and stuff and it's been really fun to get back together with those dudes and we're already working on a new record that's why i was up in maine this past week if uh, you ever want to come out to any of the gigs that we may be playing in the near future uh i'd be happy to speak about the beach boys mm. with you too me and wyatt love yeah we've actually got out about a it, few so. gigs coming up um in may in May, yeah, we'll be in New York and Pennsylvania and New Jersey, that um, area. Yeah, so check out uh, the dates. Um, you can wh- where should they check out the dates? Just check out the links that are provided in the show notes. Sure, for my social accounts, and uh, there you'll Great. see everything. I will um, link to Kurt's. Get in touch. Uh, Kurt's Instagram, which is probably a good place to yeah, start. Also, definitely. Twitter, maybe if you want to you want to get real into it but. well if you really want to get into it i've been like tweeting a lot from the pepperoni center uh yeah, so yeah. follow me on twitter i'm going to be giving <laughs> updates from the pepperoni center is uh, whenever i go over there it's not far from my house um and uh yeah follow me to find out more yeah if you're ever in the if you're ever in the Westgate area and you want to check out the pepperoni center just stop on by it's actually in the back corner of it's Shaw's. in the corner actually yeah, <laughs> And if you're ever in Portland, hit me up and we'll go to Sam's Bar and Grill and have a meatball omelet. (laughs) All right. People are already just completely confused by this chat, I'm sure. But that's how we do it. Get me me involved and people are going to be confused, man. (laughs) 
I, I understand every word, of course, but right. I, everybody else is just like, who is this guy? What is going on right <laughs> what now? What is going on? Like, well, sorry. You asked for more of me, and, and there you go. You got more of me, and, and you get, you're getting Kurt, too, yeah. and... Hopefully we'll we'll be able to have Kurt back on in the future to talk about love you. Oh, that's going to be fun. I've been I've been I've been ex- waiting for that. That's going to be a wonderful wonderful time. What we, we should do, do is make sure that it snows at the time so we can do the we can do the podcast while you're shoveling snow. We'll have yeah. a, you can have like a headset mic totally, and you can be shoveling snow and and podcasting at the same time to really yeah. get you in the mood. Oh, I would I would love that if we could figure something out like that. I uh, I think it's. I think it's doable. I think it's doable. Um, all right, cool. Well, thanks, dude. I got to cook dinner because the wife is I'm coming gonna go home. To the, I'm going to go to the gym, dude. I went to the gym yesterday, and I like was on the like elliptical for like 25 minutes, and I was yeah. like, I got to stop, dude. I am still really? out of it. But Oh, no. But I'm ready now. <laughs> okay. Good luck, buddy. Talk to you soon. So that's Wild Honey. Thank you guys for joining me. Coming up next, we will get into the Friends album. I'm very excited about that. I know Will and John are too. Thanks again to Kurt for joining me. Thank you to Will C. for the great music. Thanks to Matt Thompson for the awesome artwork as always. Thanks to our patrons for keeping the show running. Thank you for listening. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or send us a voicemail or email all the info is in the show notes i love you hang on to your ego and sail on sailors It's it's Al on vocals, right? It's Carl on vocals. Wow. Oh man. Yeah. I always I don't know why I always thought <laughs> that it was Al singing this on it, yeah. lead vocal. And so yeah, I always like thought it was just like this is Al's song. And right, right. I can and whenever I'd see Al Jardine around, I bet I was like I was thinking like I bet that guy's just like, you know, looking to get some boogaloo stuff. And I, that was like he was the boogaloo dude. <laughs> Al Jardine. <laughs> Yeah, that's Al Boogaloo Jardine <laughs> right there. <laughs>